0: Coach McZern has this, has this saying that he always says each and every meeting, I love you guys so much that uh, I'm, I'm going to do anything to not let your families down. I have my love for you. It's so great that I don't want to do anything to let you or your family down. So that's something that always hits home, and he says it and reminds us every day.
1: Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion.
2: Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hey, Bills fans. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Nate, and we have a great show for you guys. We are going to discuss Embedded Season 2, the Buffalo Bills behind the scenes documentary i guess you could say that's on youtube facebook now i believe and Um, a couple of weeks ago we interviewed michelle girardi zumwalt and talked about she's a producer for embedded and pagola sports entertainment and she actually used to produce for hard knocks on hbo so that was a good discussion about what we were to expect and now it's been a couple of weeks since it's been out you guys have had a chance to listen to it and uh or watch it rather and uh give your thoughts on it so we're gonna give our thoughts on the podcast and i actually have someone that you've heard pretty much every podcast for the last year or two um the guy that does our amazing voiceovers for the intro and outro nick voiceover nick How's it going?
1: I I don't know if that's a nickname that really needs to, doesn't roll off the tongue. Well, I've
2: had another Nick on, okay? So you're not the only Nick, believe it or not.
1: (laughs) Well, just just for people, spoiler alert who haven't seen Embedded, uh, the Bills did not go to the playoffs last year.
2: (laughs) Well, dude, no spoilers. Oh, man. We don't do spoilers on this podcast. (laughs) I did it wrong. Yeah, I know. I know. We're going to talk about spoilers a little bit later. Do the opposite. When we get into. (laughs) (laughs) into the embedded podcast but first i want to before we get into all that i want to apologize for the poor audio quality for last week's episode um i was able to talk to buffalo rumblings staff writer sean murphy we both went to training camp i was on the bleachers like a normal person and he had a media pass so he was on the sidelines watching things up close and in person and he got a really good feel for everything. And he had some really good thoughts. Unfortunately, my setup was pretty terrible. I didn't bring my podcasting equipment. I mean, I don't even know if there was enough outlets to plug in all this stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll just do an iPhone and just uh, plug in a microphone. Well, that was wrong. So um, you can hear it. I have listened to it back again. But you need to um, use headphones, you need to skip of. A- Skip past the first few minutes. And you need to be facing West for some reason. And so, preferably
1: slightly inebriated. <laughs> it's like,
2: you don't have to do it. You guys don't have to go listen to it again. But um, but I want to apologize to Sean. I'm not apologizing to the listeners because it's whatever. But I'm apologizing to Sean because he, he did a great job interviewing. We talked for an hour and 40 minutes, and the guy is just – so knowledgeable, he does a ton of articles. He does like the ninety players in ninety days, which ends up being over hundred players by the end of it because people have been cut or released and so signed. So you're saying
1: he's a liar?
2: So he's <laughs> he actually overproduces if you think about it. One hundred and eight players in you know ninety days. The guys, the guys. Nothing short. So I've been able to talk to Sean Murphy, Jeff Kontrowski. I mean, really some, some great writers. Hopefully I can get to a few more of the guys, but definitely want to apologize. So again, if you want to, you can definitely go back and try to listen with your headphones. It's definitely impossible to listen like through your car or whatever. But anyway, we are here to discuss season two of Embedded, the Buffalo Bills series. I wanted to give a few training camp notes of this last season. I wouldn't be It wouldn't be a Bills podcast if I didn't also talk about what happened this week. So a few things of note. One of the first things is Mitch Morris, the Bills free agent center that they signed this offseason, their biggest signing, Um, the guy that is the highest paid center in the National Football League. He entered concussion protocol this week, his fourth diagnosed concussion since 2015. So that's a lot of concussions in a very short career. So that's not very good. Last year he missed six weeks due to the concussion due to a concussion so um i I think the only thing i'm going to add there is it sounds like based on from what i've read online and twitter that he's in stage three of a stage five of five stages of concussion protocol so that's a good thing he's already starting to do some work on the sidelines he's not completely you know set away from the organization and doing his own thing on his own time while he you know gets rid of these concussion symptoms it's it's a good stage if anything so um if you can't say that there is a good stage in concussion protocol so so we'll see hopefully he comes back in the next week or two i'm not sure when that'll be but i also wanted to say that you know i don't think it's any coincidence that Josh Allen's play from last week which everyone even on the podcast last week if you were able to listen to it somehow um we were talking we were singing his praises and i'm pretty sure everyone in the national the local media and and Twitter community was saying that too, so it was really good to see that. And ever since that concussion earlier this week, I believe it was Tuesday, um, Josh Allen's play has you know been trending slightly downward. So that's and then you also have second string center Spencer Long missing his first team reps because he has a knee injury. So now all of a sudden you have Russell Bodine as your center. And that's not ideal because that's what it was last season. It was pretty terrible. So, um, it's not, it doesn't surprise me that Josh Allen's been trending downward for his passing accuracy and things in this past week. So we'll see. It'll start to worry me more when Mitch Morris comes back and and he's still not making the same connections he has with his, with his receivers, maybe scoring more interceptions than he normally does. So we'll see from there. Um, and again, but it's still preseason. So how much can you really take from that, right?
1: Maybe two, three more concussions. I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully. I mean, how many does he get before that's a like a legitimate, not good?
2: <laughs> I mean, it was it was a legitimate concern before he signed. <laughs> So, it's not a good sign that he did that in like just a few padded practices. So, yeah, it was,
1: was it even full pads? Like, I don't even know how he got his concussion. It was
2: full pads. I don't know if it happened while they were hitting or not, but um, because of the one I went to, there wasn't a whole lot of contact on Saturday. On Sunday, there may have been more. I'm not really sure.
1: I mean, clearly, there was hitting somewhere because he got a concussion. <laughs> yeah,
2: no kidding. No kidding. <coughs> not, so, not to nitpick. <laughs> no, never. So, so then there was also this so this is kind of an interesting like news item which I wanted to talk about. So we were talking about Josh Allen and his play recently. So every week it seems like in an- in uh st john fisher they come up with a with a new story about signing autographs i mean josh allen is one of those guys that's really good at just signing autographs for the fans he describes being a fan of like the san francisco giants baseball team from back home and guys not signing autographs and him remembering that and saying i am not going to be that guy i will always make time for fans as much as i can and uh, so this last week while signing autographs this this new story was that a girl actually asked josh allen to prom after practice on wednesday and josh replied back you know i'll i'll have to check my schedule right (laughs) and and to which so like they interviewed her she was on news stations and you know different radio stations and people like what do you think you know do you have any advice for other girls out there she's like yeah you know always shoot your shot you know make it you know make it out there so i have a couple of thoughts on this (laughs) and and you know i i give her first of all i give the girl a lot of credit to even go up to a celebrity a kind of a celebrity right i mean he's a starting quarterback in the nfl right so that's kind of a celebrity and you know you should always and for people out there you know people that are single or whatever you should always try to what do they call it in in uh, what does matthew barry say he says i'll i'll kick your coverage <laughs> so try so try for for better looking than you think that you should get and And so, you know, a lot of us do that. So we, we, we try to, you know, ask the very attractive person out in hopes that they'll do it. I I guess the issue I have with this story is that first off, like he has a girlfriend, (laughs) like he, if you watch embedded season two, he has a girlfriend. So that's, that's kind of, I don't know. It's interesting topic. I mean, he's had the same girlfriend since he was drafted. So that's kind of weird to ask out i mean i guess just to do it sure obviously it's not going to be romantic plus she's like probably like 16 anyway
1: the of age thing was actually a bigger concern (laughs) just from my thought process oh legality i guess we live in a day and an age to where no
2: no right it's don't
1: go (laughs) say oh that's cute i'm so glad you asked but sorry
2: Yeah, like I would say if I wasn't going to go, I'd say maybe I'll check my schedule. Because, you know, I'm like 23 and you're 16. like It's It's not a good position to be in. It's not a good place to be in. If he goes with her, it's kind of – it's a cute story, but it's kind of like a little awkward, right?
1: It's a lot awkward. I think it's one of those things like at most show up, take a picture or something. Take a picture, yeah, exactly. Or or not. I mean even that's a little bit much. But it's just like, oh, just commend her for being courageous and doing that because like you said, it takes a lot of – to, to do that, but no, you can't go. You can't
2: go. <laughs> you can't go. And then prom. The other thing I was like prom is until like June next year. Like that's a long time. I've never thought that far ahead of, of asking a girl to prom or whatever. Like I mean I don't know about you. Did you ever go to prom or anything? I don't or? want to talk about. Okay, it. it's okay. That's hey, fair enough. That's that you're right. Apparently you did not shoot your shot. <laughs> Or at least early enough. No, I, had, I had two very months. lovely proms. They oh, were, did you? They were very nice. Oh, okay, good. Well, then why did you want to talk about it? it was just, it's none of your business. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Jeez, touchy. Um. So, so the other thing was like questions get deep quick here. <laughs> she was she was very confident. She was like, always shoot your shot. And I kept thinking of that that Michael Scott thing. <laughs> He's like, you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott.
1: You should always take romantic advice from the office. <laughs> from the
2: office. So, I don't know. It was just, it was an interesting story that kind of blew up. And, you know, I'll give her credit for that. I, I don't think I would have done that or or whatever. It's but cute. It's a cute story. Like
1: say, you say, it's cute and you respect her for doing it or, or whatever. But it's like you hear about these things about these guys asking these, you know, older actresses or whatever. And sometimes they'll actually go. How
2: many likes for, for you to go to prom with me, right?
1: Or, what, yeah, whatever it is. And it, it's like model. I always think the same thing. It's just like, no, just mm-hmm. no. I know. <laughs>
2: I know it's, it's like it's one of those things that sounds great in theory, and then when it actually happens, it's kind of like ah, you know, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah, it shouldn't have worked out that way. Anyway, so <laughs> speaking of trading camp, wide receivers seem to be looking good. Even Andre Roberts. So I mean, I was thinking about this last scene. I tweet I tweeted about it. So if you're not following us on Twitter, please follow us at CTW Pod, like at Circling the Wagons Pod, and the wide receivers are looking great this season and i want to say even andre roberts which which is kind of cool because he was signed as really our kick returner but also plays wide receiver and the way the clips that i've seen and what i saw from him in practice last saturday is the guy might be better than like our wide receiver one last year in calvin benjamin and that's pretty crazy to think about i don't know if that speaks to andre holmes or andre roberts uh, talent, or if it's just that's how bad Kelvin Benjamin. That's how was. bad Calvin Benjamin was. <laughs> yeah, it's but it, but it's also exciting too. It's it's a reason for, it's cause for optimism. The fifth, technically, the guy who's probably only in certain packages, who's not on the field, he's possibly better than Calvin Benjamin. So um, that's just how good our wide receivers are looking this season, and how much hopefully we can expect from them. So I mean, again, this is preseason. There's only so much we can talk about and really get any semblance of how the season is going to look from it. Because if you remember last season, Nate Peterman didn't look terrible and we all know how that ended. So, um, good or bad, we can't take a ton from this. So I'm not going to get into the red and blue practice because I didn't really watch it. And I've just been going on Twitter. So let's get to the meat and potatoes of this podcast.
1: Record setting. Nathan Peterman. <laughs> I miss him. Have some respect.
2: <laughs> um, record setting mean five interceptions or in one half. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, usually you get pulled after like the third interception, but that just didn't happen. So the embedded season two, trust the process. <laughs> uh, embedded season two recap. We're gonna eventually get into this. I wanted to discuss with you, Nick. I this was something that it was kind of a cool thought. Um, we knew it was coming up, and we were able to get this kind of preview from Pagula Sports Entertainment. Just you know, because we do a podcast for Buffalo Rumblings, and Buffalo Rumblings is such a big site. So we were able to, before I talked with Michelle a couple of weeks ago about it, um, we saw the first couple of episodes early. And then we basically watched the last two episodes in the last week or so. And it's it's kind of cool. It's a different, it's like behind, basically it's a behind the scenes, all access, not all access, I, sh- I should say. It's it's access that you that you don't normally get about your favorite team. So in general, I, I kind of want to give our just our general thoughts on the, on the season, on the series in general, is for me, like I'm kind of one of those fanboys where I love seeing everything about my favorite team, especially when they highlight the players that I like. I get a better feel for these personalities because without something like this, when you really get a chance to see their personalities? What, in like the locker room after a loss? Like there's just not a lot of either through the media or other sources where you can really say, oh, I know what Tradavius is white is like off the field or any of these other guys that you really, or Micah Hyde or Josh Allen. Like when do you really get to see these guys and get a feel for how they are as people, as players, as teammates, even. So in general, I'm a fan of this sort of thing. I, I love becoming more of a fan because of something like this, because of my ability to, to see these guys. And even, and even the ability to see Not just the players that I love, but like the front office, the coaching staff and the GM and seeing some of their thought processes behind what they're doing. The players are picking the free agents that they're signing and stuff like that. Obviously, we don't see everything. Of course, we know that, but it kind of gives you some, some logic. And it, and for me, at least with some of the things I've seen, I kind of like, "I, I, I agree with what they're doing, or I can see why they did what they did. And I think if you were to do that with some past regimes or front offices, you might be like, what? So so that was my I I was a big fan of it. Um season two was was a good kind of jump off from season one. Season one was a little bit different. We'll get into that a little bit later, but that, that was my overall thought on the on the season two. Um recap of embedded what did you think, Nick? I mean, you saw all the episodes. What were your thoughts on it?
1: I agree. Uh, you know, I, just like you, it's cool to see these background things that you don't necessarily get to see. And, um, you know, I think from a from a filmmaking perspective, from a cinema cinematography perspective, that's just gorgeous film gorgeous. that they're shooting from angles that you don't normally get to see and, and just different things that they get to do that are just just really stunning to look at. And uh, so I think from there, that's a win all the way around. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um Overall, I I think it's interesting, the the different seasons, and we're going to break that down a little bit. But for me, I think the initial thing, especially season one that I jumped to is, you know, I've watched, I think, most of the seasons of Hard Knocks on HBO, which I think this was inspired to be somewhat like. Um, And it was interesting to kind of pick out the differences that that they had. Uh, You know, I think Hard Knocks, they still have, you know, gorgeous filmmaking as well. Mm -hmm. And you're getting to see some of these behind the things. And they really focus on training camp. Okay. Uh, and they follow specific people through the training camp, and it's you know some of them are rookies, some of them aren't, some of them are going to make it, some of them aren't. And you mm-hmm. see all these things that are happening, and it's very clear that it's it's not as filtered mm-hmm. as 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 embedded is because embedded they're not filming everything hundred percent of the time, whereas Hard Knocks clearly has a camera in the coach's office all the time, mm-hmm. and you get to see some things that are a little bit maybe not the most flattering things. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure that there's some sort of a process they have to go through to, with the team to get approval of certain things. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why some teams don't want to do hard knocks when the, when it comes to be their turn, because they don't want to show the not-so-flattering side of, of of the things that they have going on in the organization. Um, and then you, I also compare it to All or Nothing, which is the Amazon show that follows a team through an entire season and that's really interesting across like 8 or 10 episodes or something like okay, that. Wow. And um, again, the filmmaking is 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 interesting because they actually put NFL on the show mm-hmm. and it's clear that they have so much more access to like real NFL games and NFL things that they can show mm-hmm. versus uh, you know embedded it feels like you're getting kind of a little bit of a practice through a good pass but you have no idea what that was about. Yeah. Like you're not really getting like the game, like you're getting from something like All or Nothing, of course, and this is going back, it's all last year. So it's all history. It's not like you're going to not know what happened to the, I think it's the Carolina Panthers this year Mm -hmm. that I'm three episodes in that I've been watching. It's like, Mm -hmm. I know what happened, (laughs) but it is fun to see the behind the scenes stuff as well that they follow. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, no, all in all, I think it's great. I think it's fantastic that we have the opportunity to have, have something like this even
2: exist. So differences, actually, it's one of the reasons why I wanted to talk to you because you've seen Hard Knocks. And I think Hard Knocks is about—because Embedded was only four episodes. Is is Hard Knocks five or six? It's like five or six. Five or six. I mean, they
1: follow through training camp and then, you know, cuts and and whatnot. So you get to see the preseason games.
2: Do they really focus on the rookies mostly, though? In that case, it, undrafted and drafted guys.
1: I think it feels like they do. i you know, it's been a while since I actually watched Hard Knocks. You know, the last season, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but it feels like they do focus a lot on the rookies, but they do some of the veterans as well. I think I think they do the rookies more often because you know they're not all going to make it. Oh yeah. So that provides a quote unquote story. That you're following, you're getting invested in this guy, mm-hmm. and then, oh man, he didn't make the team, mm-hmm. and you're looking for him on your fantasy draft. Going, where's that guy? And he's like, oh, <laughs> he's practice squad, or he's you know, not even playing. Yeah. Na. <laughs> Which okay. makes me wonder, like after a season of hard knocks, like what does the fantasy ranking for those players that are oh, yeah. <laughs> on that team go up? Because I remember the, uh, you know, Devonta Freeman. <laughs> I was like, he was focused. They focused on him one of the seasons. Oh, really? Okay. And when he was a rookie, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, he's great. So I'm like, you know, he didn't do anything the first couple of years, but <laughs> now he's great. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully he kept him. I did. Him. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nice.
2: it, well, that's the thing. You know, Michelle brought that up in our, interv- in our interview because she used to work for Hard Knocks, is that it was one of those shows where it was to follow guys just to get cut, which the cool thing about, and she was mentioning that, one of the benefits about doing embedded is she works with these guys like all season long. So unlike hard knocks where you just sit in for a few weeks with a team, it's six or eight weeks or whatever it is, you are constantly around the Buffalo bills players, the Buffalo Sabres players, and you get a feel for their, their characters, who they should showcase. They know based on, you know, fan sentiment, like who are are the fans favorite players? Like in this season they talked a lot about Josh Allen, which they should have. Last season they this didn't talk we, so much about the quarterbacks.
1: But this is this is where we get into the differences between season one and season two yep. if we want to jump into that. Jump right in? So season one, again, I liked it. I didn't really love it. Mm-hmm. It felt more like an art piece than a you know, it almost felt like a promotional Bills video. Yeah. That you're watching going like Am I getting recruited into the army? Like what's <laughs> happening here <laughs> that it, it, it's almost that propaganda ish e feel to it to where yes you're seeing things you don't normally see there was no narrator so you're just kind of like like i say that art film sort of feeling that you're just getting cuts of all these people just organically saying things and then you see a thing that that's cool and it was good it was interesting it was interesting but jumping into season two immediately right off the bat you get the narrator you get kyle williams talking you through Mm -hmm. things Mm -hmm. so you're not lost out there going what what am I watching? Mm-hmm. There's people sitting around a table, like what meeting is this? What a, who is that? I don't know that person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so right away it gives you a, a feeling of, of groundedness. And to whereas season one, you can very easily compare to hard knocks because it's training camp. Mm-hmm. Season two, I initially, when I heard it wasn't training camp, I'm like, I don't wanna I don't wanna watch the draft. Yeah. What do I care? Mm-hmm. Like I know how the draft went down, but I found it super interesting as they followed the draft process and talking to the players and seeing the draft room and seeing what they're doing. Like I had no idea Brandon Bean's job was so active. <laughs> oh yeah.
2: During the day of the draft and everything.
1: <laughs> well even even beyond that, like just, oh, just yeah. in general, like, mm-hmm. you know, I have an idea what they do, but at the same token it's like, wow, this is really cool to see. Mm-hmm. And like you said, seeing those behind the scenes things and it's like I'm interested in the business aspect of it, not just the the football aspect of it. More yeah. so after watching Season two
3: mm-hmm.
1: and those sorts of things. And, and there's no direct comparison to that because none of these other shows do that sort of thing. So I thought it was a very smart move to just like, hey, let's pick another timetable yeah. of the year and see how this plays out. Mm-hmm. And and I think right there from from the get go, I was like, wow, this is this is super cool. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about that aspect of, of things and in terms of like season one to season two? Do you have a favorite? So. Or do you, do you not pick favorites? Let's
2: let's talk about the narration later because I, I thought that was an interesting point because season one had no narration. Kyle Williams <coughs> was narrating season two, but I really liked, I did like the difference instead of being a training camp. Now i never, I've never seen hard knocks a full season or I've just caught an episode here, or there caught one with you last year and oh, yeah. for the Browns. And so I, I did like season one from that perspective I watching it again this year and seeing how many of those players that they focused on that didn't end up being good or even kept on the team, it was much more like Hard Knocks in that way. Like, they followed around, you know, Brandon Riley. You know, they were talking... The, the guys that they focused on, like, half of them didn't make it past the season. Nathan Peterman, Calvin Benjamin, Vontae Davis. Like, it's just funny seeing that. Um, but... But I think that was a lot more about McDermott too, and like how he was as a coach, and the way that he would talk in meetings, and you know get up in front of them. Like he talked about Hammer Time legs, right? He showed a clip of MC Hammer on the projector, and he's like, he's like, you see Hammer Time? He's like, you need to have legs like this when you're on the field, and it was funny. And like he had the guys come up and do like one another meeting a a Madden game, he's like, okay, it's third and third and seven. Right. So Jerry Hughes versus I can't remember who he played against, but um, it was that was kind of a cool, fun, it's fun, fun it's thing. Fun. It's, it's just so.
1: And I, and I like that, too. I mean, I like the, you know, the process or whatever process, you're talking yeah. about. I think that's the name of the episode, even. I think you're right. Um, and that's cool to see. And, and, and it was left uncommented on, which, like I said, that totally makes you have a different feeling. Because you're coming to this yourself of like, just from what, because you don't know what you're going to be seeing. Whereas the narrator sets you up and being like, we're going fishing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're,
2: <laughs> we're going with Jordan Poyer, yeah, you know, it, fishing.
1: And, and so you immediately know who you're talking to. You immediately know what, what you're doing. Yeah. And it grounds you in a way that I just personally enjoyed more.
2: Yeah. And in talking with Michelle, she knew that they had to do that for season two, because unlike season one, where it basically followed week by week, you know, it was very sequential where season two was like, okay, now we're at dinner with Josh Allen and Stephen Hauschka and Micah Hyde, you know, or now we're, you know, at, uh, with Shaq Lawson in the desert hiking. And now we're at Lorenzo Alexander's, his practice with his, his hockey practice, his son's hockey practice. So there was a lot of different things, but I, what you, what you touched on about the draft and free agency and seeing behind the scenes footage of, all of their, at least I believe, the top three picks in their meetings before they were drafted in the combine meetings, which there were like a ton of people at that meeting. I thought it would be like four or five. There was like I counted at one point eleven people in the meeting with either all watching like like Oliver. it's a movie, like it's a, yeah yeah just just watch you it. two discuss. <laughs> we will watch. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was interesting. I mean. I I can't imagine how many hours. So are you smart or tough? (laughs) Geez, neither. (laughs) Wait, how how well would that? (laughs) I'm both. You know they 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 say there's no right answer for. Well, I'm smartly tough. (laughs) Well, I'm toughly smart. (laughs) Wait, I'm toughly toughly. Is that a word? Nope. They're like "Eh, deuces. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that means you're toughly smart. (laughs)
1: Um, but, but even that was really cool because you get to see the thought process of these guys sitting there going, don't tell me there's no right answer. It's like, what do you want to hear? It's like they want to hear both, but they want to know why you're saying that. And you just want to get into the brain of this guy a little bit more, see where his drive is, see where his you know, attitude is. And and I I thought that was really interesting.
2: Absolutely. I mean, and you know, they only show a few questions, obviously. They don't go into – Depth. Who knows if you listen to more questions, you would say, Well, that's a dumb question. Why would they ask that? You know, they show you the good ones like they ask at Oliver, you know, what do you think about being in Buffalo? Buffalo is pretty cold. You're from Houston. What are you going to do? And he's like, Y'all got jackets? <laughs> you know, that was that kind of cool answer they were definitely going to show.
1: Yeah, because, you know, we have concerns about players wanting to come up here because of the weather. And he's like, I, d- I just want to play for a good team. I want to play for a team that is going to do well.
2: If his answer was, I don't really know. They probably wouldn't have showed that one. And that and that's another thing. So in general, with your thoughts on Embedded, you know that since it's done by Perkula Sports Entertainment, it's done by the team. It hangs back in my mind there. Yeah, they're not going to show a lot of negative. Now right. they might have shown a few pieces of it, just glimpses of it. But you know, unlike Hard Knocks or unlike you, you know, see maybe some all or north yeah, you're going to see things that are just kind of like, well, I didn't really like that. That kind of gives me cause for concern. Are you okay with them hiding those things from you? Because I was,
1: yes. I mean I think so more so in season 2 than in season 1. In season 1 it's just like I said it's that tonally you don't even really know what you're looking at most yeah. of the time because you you know you just don't know and you know who who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So I think in in season 2 I am okay with that because they were showing us something so completely different than we'd ever seen before mm-hmm. that I was just just informationally very happy to be soaking that sort of stuff in. So, you know, if they do the draft again, would it be nice to see some of the hiccups or some of the little the little things that ha- could happen or do happen during the course? Not necessarily bad things, but yeah. things that may not be as smooth and as produced, you know, maybe for future things. But for this, I was, was like, no, this is fantastic.
2: Yeah. I mean, I got a few comments on Twitter and Facebook about, well, they're only going to show you what they want you to see. It's like, yeah, yeah, but I'm OK yeah, with I that. <laughs> I still want more access. And did this you, is one of those
1: reasons. Did you get uh, hit in the fields with uh, Poncho?
2: Oh, seeing Poncho again? Oh, yeah, yeah man. I was like, Jesus, "Oh, that was that is was, that's goosebumps a little bit. I just got um, some right now." Dude, same <laughs> Um, it was and they showed him in season 1 too. They made him a a, yes. a not a big part of it, but they showed him. And then they showed, you know, the draft and that was I believe the second episode. And yeah, that was that was tough to see, especially you know, it's funny is they showed that footage around the time that Pancho around the time that the draft happened like after the draft and they showed him doing that and i and i had no one no idea that the intention was to eventually use that for embedded i thought it was just the pagula sports entertainment team is just filming everything right mm-hmm. and realizing that that was actually pretty important that they showed it when they did because if you waited to now to see it it kind of would have been like oh i wish i would have seen that a little bit sooner oh, yeah. you know which while he was still alive basically which is when they did show it and you you know so.
1: so, we got some uh, we got some tough issues to dive into for episode one. Okay. The uh, the forty one thousand square foot facility. Yes, looks amazing. <laughs> like they've got everything: cryo chambers, they've got massage, they've got sleep places, sleep pods, weights, hot
2: yoga, hot huh?
1: yoga. Have you ever done the cryo uh,
2: chambers? I I don't even know what that is. I did it once. It's fantastic. What, what is it? Tell me. You
1: you step into a booth and they hit you with a, minus one hundred and eighty degree nitrogen. Like air, they just blow air on you? They blow it on you, yes. Uh And you're in this little, like, stand-up coffin-looking thing with your head poking out. Okay. And you, uh, with your head poking out. I don't know where the accent (laughs) came from, but. um, (laughs) Anyway, and you're in there for, like, three minutes. And uh, so, for me, they take the temperature, like, of one of your core areas. Uh, I was like, I want to say it was, like. It was a 40-degree drop. I can't remember what the specific numbers were. Your
2: core temperature went from 90 to where degrees to... they stick.
1: measured like on like a thick part. They did my, a thick part of my leg, and they did it before and after. And so that dropped like 40 degrees. And it's supposed to be good for inflammation. So you saw the guys in the first season. Oh, They're yeah. sitting in, the, in uh, ice baths. The, the ice baths. Well, this is the higher-tech version of that. Fights inflammation. You're supposed to feel good. You're supposed to sleep better. You know, it was fine. It was cold. <laughs> was it...
2: Uncomfortably cold, like I hate this. Like no, they no. did in the ice baths.
1: No, I, I found it fine. I didn't find it too uncomfortable. Like towards the end, you're like, okay, this is this is cold
2: because
1: <laughs> you're down to your skivvies and you have like little booties and uh, mittens so you don't freeze off your digits. Oh, yeah, your appendages yeah and um, and I slept better that night. Mm. I can't say that I had like the euphoria and the high that some people get when they when they do it, but uh, some say it's like a cup of coffee and gives you a lot of energy. And I didn't really feel like it. it. Was interesting because I felt like. M- my fat was cold. I'm in the car. <laughs> just man, like, I'm like, it's cold. <laughs> it was
2: insulating you. So, you know, it still-
1: <laughs> might be too much information at this point. Nevertheless, they have those at the facility <laughs> and it looks super awesome, but it, but it begs the question. They just built this thing. I can't remember how much money they. Forty
2: one million dollars. It's an 18,000 square foot facility. Oh,
1: so I had the, the footage is 41,000. So I was wrong. So it's 41 million, 18,000 square feet.
2: No other way. 41,000 square foot, 18 million. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> which makes
1: me wonder: does this how does this affect new stadiums?
2: Oh wait, am I wrong? Oh, whatever. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. We're not it's here like, for facts at all. <laughs>
1: but how does that affect the stadium issue? Because they just built this right next to the current stadium. That's like, what if you build a new stadium that's not necessarily that close to that thing? You don't bulldoze that and build it somewhere else, or is it fine because it's within proximity of of a wherever a stadium might be?
2: Um, and wouldn't
1: a new stadium have that inside of it as opposed to being a separate?
2: So I guess I would say this. Just
1: you don't know just, is, is I, really the.
2: Um, I never know. I, I've never claimed <laughs> to know a lot on this podcast. One thing I would I would think though is because a new stadium, if you are to quote unquote build it, a completely new stadium, that's going to be well over a billion dollars, right? So you're talking about a forty one million dollar, eighteen million dollar, whatever it is, sports center. That's
1: nothing. Pennies
2: compared to a billion dollars well
1: we need someone who can make the best deals yeah
2: <laughs> maybe they give it to ub or something i don't know you know they still yeah <laughs> that's that's a good question though i mean i would think that i don't know that's that's a whole other topic for nick this is supposed to be about embedded not about new sports all right fine news new more
1: importantly <laughs> more importantly yes, back on top let's go to the uh, the san diego cribs episode
2: oh yeah micah hyde yeah. and his man purse oh his man purse <laughs>
1: It was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Did
2: you? What do you think? Is it a man purse or is it a is it a bag, a satchel or whatever? Oh, it's a man purse. A, own it. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have having, you ever used a man purse like that? Oh, I'm a wallet guy. Your wallet? Yeah, yeah. Same through and through. Yep. But
1: uh, I was half expecting for them to open the fridge and having like a perfectly stacked case of Pepsi cans, all with the logo pointing out. Like you remember MTV Cribs back in the day?
2: Is that what they did in MTV Cribs? Oh yeah, it was, just, it was like, like the,
1: product placement. If so, perfectly like the, the refrigerator is always perfectly filled oh. with like Pepsi or Mountain Dew or something oh, yeah. like that, yeah. and. Uh, uh, I guess, I don't know if I'm aging myself. No, no, even, no. I don't, I don't remember if they too, do that show anymore. But
2: I, I, They might still, but I remember they always used to show the bedroom and be like, this is where the magic happens.
1: Oh, you're right. They always said they always that. Did
2: the, yeah. Micah Hyde did not do that. Well, place. I don't think they
1: showed, did, did they show the bedroom? I can't remember. His how.
2: girl or his wife seemed pretty cool. She'd probably be like, what?
1: <laughs> no, I really enjoyed that. That really...
2: That back and forth was...
1: That was fantastic. Yeah. And again, it shows you him and his personality and, and his wife's personality and the fact that they... You know, you could make a case that is this genuineness is this not genuine, mm-hmm. how much they love Buffalo. And she's like, oh, I can you know, sometimes it's just like, I can't wait to get back to Buffalo. And you're like, are oh, you just saying that? You're just saying that, yeah. But then you see the stuff that they do later and in later episodes with the charity softball game and all these things that are doing in the community. It's like, I kind of have a feeling that that's a genuine, a genuine thing and not just for the camera.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think, too, the thing you can say about Buffalo especially is that, in a lot of Western New York, but Buffalo specifically is... It's just—it's always like the city of good neighbors, right? I mean, the the family feel that you get there is probably not the same one you get in Southern California. Now, I'm not just—I'm just stereotyping there because I've never lived in Southern California. Have you been there? I have been there, yes. Um, All right then. <laughs> but it's—it's. I've it's, been to San Francisco. There. I've never been south. So. Oh, south, yeah. Um, I've been to Los Angeles. So uh, I was almost on the on the game show. Remember? weakest link I was almost on that that's another podcast that's,
1: that's a whole other story
2: and it, but yeah it's it's definitely a different feel there and from what I've heard and read so I could see them just for that sort of these guys aren't necessarily from LA and San Diego and Southern California every time they're from small towns they're from the Midwest they're from right. places that are more like Buffalo you know with that feeling so I I, I kind of believe that
0: Canva presents stories to keep you up at night
2: That was a cool thing behind the scenes. All these guys that they showed, I mean, they made you like them more. Like whether it's Michael oh, Hyde yeah. or Josh Allen, even. I mean, Josh Allen has a really dorky sense of humor. That's, Can we I'm, say that? I'm I'm all for it. I know I'm a fan.
1: <laughs> like, he seems like a genuine guy, he which does. is. So we're jumping into to episode two, which I think might be my favorite episode of, of the season. I don't, you know, there's a few interesting interesting things there, but uh, that's the one where they met for dinner, right? Yes. And that was a cool vibe, like you said. You know, them getting together in the off season. Then he's calling the coach. The coach, yeah. And they're like, "Dude, what are you doing?" <laughs>
2: it's like ten at night. What, what are you do doing? You he's like, "Ah, oh, it's fine. It's, it's me." Specific time, yeah. He's just he's like mad me. at me, <laughs> and he didn't pick up. <laughs> McDermott did not pick up. His starting quarterback is calling. He's like, oh, yeah. But that was cool. It sounded like it was it was genuine, and I don't know. Like you said, he just seems like that kind of guy. He's just a likable guy. Not that past Bills quarterbacks haven't been likable. I think a lot of them have been. Just like a lot of coaches have been pretty likable. But um, I, I don't know. It's kind of funny. Like they. The fact that he's getting together with these guys in general, I mean, that's kind of cool. There's a camaraderie yes. there.
1: And has this happened in the past? That we've probably heard about some some of this happening in the past. off-season workouts that are just completely separate. Yes, but you get to see it. Yeah. Like, oh, they really did hang out. At least had dinner. So yeah,
2: and it wasn't just Allen with his offensive lineman. It was Allen with Hauschka, Steve, a special teams player. It was with Micah Hyde, a defensive player. I mean, these guys. I I one thing I can say about McDermott is I. I genuinely think that these guys really do care about each other, whereas they're not just going through the motions. I think they really do.
1: Well, that's what uh, I don't know what episode it was, but they're talking about the family atmosphere is it's like, no, you you, someone's homesick, or maybe the wife is sick or something like that. It's like you go help that guy and bring him dinner or something like that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, really, and it goes back to that Buffalo mentality of of helping. Mm -hmm. And uh, and it does seem like that's being instilled. And I think was it LaShawn McCoy who mentioned that in the show? That you know, the past couple of years, it's like it's getting more and more to that, to where you know, as they bring oh, the yeah. guys in that they want to have there, yes. they're instilling that into those guys, be it the younger guys or the free agents that are that are coming in, that are new. So I think I think you're 100 percent correct on that.
2: Yeah, which is great. I did like so. First episode was free agency. They talked a lot about that. They showed, um, like you said, the AdPro Pro Sports Center construction. Um, Josh Allen going through the building, being seeing a lot of things. Lorenzo Alexander resigns. They show the free agents showing up at the airport, stuff like that. It's...
1: Oh, the airport! <laughs> yep. How would you like a camera after you've flown from wherever, oh. and you're just walking off the airplane with that look on your face of just like just nothing, just nothingness on your face, and someone thrusting some buffalo wings <laughs> in your face, and yeah. and you're like.
3: Smile. I'm like,
2: come on. I know. I know. Are you ever in a good mood after traveling, after being on a plane for four or five hours? <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not flattering for these guys. I'm like, really?
1: <laughs> I throw a little water on my face uh, or uh, something? What are we doing? I know. But
2: it is kind of cool seeing the people, like the community, kind of like. I, I don't think that happens in many places.
1: Well, I, I don't know. I just thought it was funny to film that. And uh, <laughs> just the looks on their faces were like, I think. Cole Beasley was kind of looking. they had that that yeah. rundown. Just like,
2: like ah, what? I just I was just on a plane with my with my wife and my like eight month old daughter. Or whatever. <laughs> like this was so not a fun for who knows how many hours <laughs> exactly. We literally just signed. up. We just changed our lives in eight hours ago.
1: <laughs> that just amused me to no end. <laughs> I'm like these guys hate this. <laughs> <laughs> the, Except uh, was it uh, was it uh, Mitch that uh, was like, what was the food scene here?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Mitch Morris. Yeah, he was he was all about that. Um, there was the, the next episode, was uh, the senior ball, and they showed the draft and a lot of things um, that were kind of cool. They showed Josh Allen signing autographs for fans. And that um, was cute. Yeah.
1: The one kid who did a picture for him, and he was like, Oh, you keep it. Well, you should autograph it for me.
2: Yeah, that was cool. He, he, <coughs> had, was nice. he had a little kid autograph. It was a nice touch. It's a nice touch. It you know, another part of, you know, Josh. That's one of the reasons why I want Josh Allen to succeed. Is I just like him? Like he's just a likable guy. You want him? You want those type of people in life, whether they're your friends or family or people that you just see that seem like decent human beings. You're like, you know, I hope that person does well. You know, not as well as me, but I hope they. (laughs) It's
1: just um you're you're probably not going to do better than john allen in your life i don't want to bring you down yeah but
2: well you know we'll see he is you you know know. younger and a millionaire but uh, whatever i still have room to grow (laughs) Um, so i do
1: have i do have one pretty glaring complaint
2: about that episode
1: about well it goes across a couple episodes lorenzo alexander (laughs) I love that his kid's in school and he's coaching him and doing all these different things because he's in the community. Again, we're driving this point home, which is more than fine. Of course. But we didn't need two separate, like, segments about it. No. Like, the first segment, you know, I got it. And then there's like, oh, well, he's the hockey coach, too. And I'm like, we saw this before.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was okay with that. I was, I mean, I liked Lorenzo Alexander. I it's not in
1: a like or dislike of him at all. It's just like, I was just like, I saw that. Got
2: it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) we all know. Well, they did a thing about him for the when he was nominated for the Walter Payton Man of the Year, and you know, I'm pretty sure, obviously, it's Pagula Sports Media, and they did like a five or ten minute clip of you know this and that, saying how great he was. So this was kind of a continuation of that, and I was like, yeah, I know, I like him. Like, I would have rather seen him more on the field or. In a setting where I haven't seen him as much in the meeting room,
1: I'm just saying is they were repetitive. Even the things he was saying and the things that we were getting from this, it's like we essentially had this same exact segment before. You could put them together. Yeah, we could have we could have gotten that information a little bit quicker and smushed together that he's also the hockey coach, but to see it in a completely separate episode for another like five or seven minute chunk and was like eh, some real estate we could have filled with something else. Yeah. Anyway, that's just a. I think that's probably my biggest quote-unquote gripe, yeah, that's not if even, I were to have one. Yeah, that's
2: not even a real gripe, really. It's well, just a yeah, positive cool. guy. <laughs> well, they had to show a lot more of Lorenzo Alexander this season because the big question in fans' eyes and, and everyone watching is who is going to step up and fill Kyle Williams' shoes, right? So the default guy is Lorenzo Alexander, and probably is for the team, the guy who is basically the— the captain and the guy that the younger guys are looking up to and the guy that leads in, you know, breaking it down, chant, one, two, three, team, like that stuff, that's Lorenzo Alexander, and they need to... to die. More than any other player, they probably needed to showcase it, maybe besides Josh Allen. They needed to showcase him a little bit more. No, and
1: I, I'm fine with the showcase. And actually, I, I'm going to change my opinion and say they should have done all that stuff instead of doing it in the one episode and the next episode, do it in this third episode all at the same time. Because that led right into Tremaine. Edmund's oh, like, yeah. wanting to learn how to be a leader. He goes, this is my second year now. This is you know, i got to continue to grow myself. And, and how do I do that? Mm-hmm. And you're coming off of that little piece about how how Lorenzo is the leader and, and you know, all that sort of stuff. And I thought that really played nicely to see that, that second year guy really trying to strive to get there. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, London Fletcher. London Fletcher.
2: That's
1: <laughs> what I, I have that written down here. It's just London Fletcher exclamation point.
2: <laughs> Did you get goosebumps for that one too? No. No. <laughs> it was an interesting, that one was, it was a little awkward for me, him asking him questions and stuff like that. And I, I you could tell around or, London Fletcher was just excited to talk. He's just like, I can't wait to talk about this stuff. And one thing I came away from it now, Tremaine Edmonds had had a good end of his season last season. In The beginning, you look kind of lost in certain areas of the field. And he's and fast. Run, he, <laughs> he is. He's very fast, dude. I went watching him Saturday. Like he was noticeable. He was. He was. Just
1: a couple of clips that they showed were just like,
2: oh, yeah, yeah. That's-
1: Big and fast.
2: Yeah, and the one thing though, which was good, that he interviewed Hard Gordon Hitting. Fletcher. <laughs> Great analysis, Nick. Analysis. Woo, he's fast. I didn't, say Ooh. W- I didn't say woo. woo. Big and tall he is. Uh, it's... <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> he is. Uh, you made me lose my thought. Well, he was. One thing I'll say is is noticeable. you were essentially saying he's fast. He's fast. I saw him. It's fast. I saw him be fast in person. <laughs> and but one thing you can tell, for the, which is kind of good from this this embedded series, is he's very quiet. And they made a point to say he leads by example, and they need him to be more vocal. And he knows it. And he knows it. And it's one of those things where I and I can relate to it to a point because. I'm one of those people, I feel like I lead more more by example as opposed to, hey guys, come on, like, let's get your, you know, I was never that guy in sports or, you know, in other organizations to really be the one to like, get on people and like, you need to do this instead of that. Like, I'm not that kind of guy.
1: And in fairness, you're so quiet. You literally need a microphone for people to hear you.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, don't talk about last week. All right. So well, can, can, we, <laughs>
1: can we talk a little bit about the narration? Yeah, go ahead. Do you want to make a comment on it before I make no, a comment? No, I want to hear
2: your comment. You don't have any thoughts. Oh, I have thoughts, but I want to hear. You want to talk about
3: it. So I, I, want
1: to, I really am curious if something stuck out to you in this episode specifically about the narration. I'm not saying it's bad, it's actually amused me to no end.
2: No, go ahead.
1: Okay. So, and I don't think this isn't verbatim. I just kind of scribbled it down. So we go from the fishing scene. Yep. And it's. Uh, uh, I believe Kyle Williams said something to the effect of, uh, fish tugging on a line is fun. Teammates tugging on a rope is war.
2: <laughs> See, is that funny to you or is, it just, is oh, it, was, it just a little cheesy? Oh, I loved it. It hit a note that just made me
1: laugh so hard. What a great transition. I mean, it's, it is cheesy. I mean, I mean, no doubt about it. This Some of the wordplay that they used was yeah. just like, oh. Yeah i'm gonna save something else for later uh-huh. uh, but uh, so what are your thoughts on, on, on that line specifically that line but any of that sort of things that they threw in there for him to say so i think kyle williams
2: in general it was cool hearing
1: him uh um, well it's a personality that you hear too yeah. again you're getting a personality not just the guy who's the announcer you know like it, it was it was nice
2: i i would have been okay with they just had a just generic i would narrator. have been fine um,
1: but you got a little extra, a little extra feels because you're you're keeping Kyle Williams in the family.
2: Yes, exactly. And one of the things that I guess if we want to talk about things that bother me, and I'm glad that Kyle Williams is still like he was at training camp this last week, giving information to or giving tips to at Oliver and Jordan Phillips and, and the defensive tackles, right? I guess there's just got to be some point, and I I don't know if it's because the organization is keeping Kyle Williams around. Is you have to, he has to stop being. It reminds me of like the guy who graduates high school but still comes back to visit, even though he's in college. Ouch. You know, but it's not, it's, that's, that's sad and depressing because he's like just trying to relive his glory days. But if he does this for another season, won't it be like that? Like you, you can't have Kyle Williams. I mean, it's different with Jim Kelly. Jim Kelly's a legend. And I know Kyle Williams is well respected, but there's got to be a certain point where he just can't keep coming back all the time, right? What if
1: he becomes a coach or something?
2: That I'm, I'm fine with that and and if that's what he's aiming for then i completely get it but there just comes a time where like they're tr- i feel like they're trying to make him and and i and even on his end he might be like you know what i'm okay not showing up guys like i have a life now and maybe he just feels drawn into it i don't know it's just a thought i had is he's narrating this, and I'm like, he's not a narrator. Were you that cool. guy from high school? Is that why this is hitting so close to home, dude? I had to still like act like I was cool, like even when I wasn't cool in high school, <laughs> pretend I was because I was like the 19 year old in school. I, I never showed up. I don't think I set foot back in my high school since I graduated, and I'm okay with that. At no point was I like, man, I miss it. I wasn't even like that good with the teachers. Like I didn't like there were some guys that just had like best friends as teachers or whatever. And they just got along with, I never made any connection like that with any of my teachers to even be like, they, they, they might recognize me, but they were like, Nate, I missed you, man. They're just like, Oh, Hey, what are you doing here?
1: Well, that was a road we went down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nate, not
2: popular in high school with, with his teachers.
1: <laughs> it was actually the
2: teachers who put you in they, the locker. They were like, Nate, don't come back, please. Yeah. They, they put me in the locker. So, so, but yeah, I, it was okay. All right. I, I'm glad they had to narrate it, like we said, just to get transition from scene to scene. But that, that, that was a funny—I didn't notice that specific line. That's pretty funny. I would have been okay if it was someone else other than Kyle. I would have been happy if they showed Kyle at the facility, you know, but he didn't necessarily have to narrate it. Um, I don't feel like, oh, he's narrating. I, I, I'm I that much closer to—it really helps. Like, seeing Poncho, like, that was something different. That was a different feel. Yeah, that's a different thing. But seeing— but seeing kyle williams it wasn't like oh this this brings back nostalgia i like he's you know i don't know
1: well i will say my absolute favorite part of the entire thing hands down was the little clip at the end where they were watching kyle williams record in his comments i'm not saying that
3: yeah (laughs) yeah it it was
1: perfection it was good i I really it, it really capped it off nicely to uh to, to really make me look forward to the next whatever it is that they're, they're going to put out uh, yeah. because it just shows there's a sense of humor and it's not like so self-serious. And so yeah, like season one kind of had that self-serious sort of uh, vibe to it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Whereas this had humor and personality and, and really came to life a little bit versus uh, watching an art film.
2: Yeah. And that's one of the things that we love about Kyle is his personality and his ability to make fun of himself or others or whatever. He's and, you know Michelle when we talked to her, she over Twitter I should say she kind of alluded to there maybe being more to not necessarily the series but more more episodes of either next season they're going to do a next season or maybe pick up like maybe they're filming right now and they're going to release it again like they might not just be done at four at this last four the, the
1: but i didn't realize there was a whole company that's devoted to the media aspects of things which makes more sense that they're they're, they're putting more of these things out there so it, it's kind of exciting to see what they do like do they try to tackle the whole big season thing yeah. like all or nothing and, and really like bribe the nfl a little bit to get some actual nfl footage from the games yeah and and uh, do some interesting things there um, no, I'm. I'm curious. I'm curious to see where they go.
2: I mean, they've they've been doing great work, like they did playoff caliber, right? Which which I loved. I have not seen playoff caliber. You, it's it's the end of the drought. It's basically a 30 minute do- documentary about that entire season, oh, and, okay. and mostly focusing on the specific moment when the Williams. drought ended. Um, Kyle Williams and his kids in the locker
1: room. And these kids. Oh yeah, yeah. So we're just saying that he he's he's somehow got blackmail material on. <laughs> Whoever's running the organization so he can get into all of them.
2: It's going to be 10 years. Season 10 of Embedded. He's still he was, coming back.
1: He was pretty strongly you know, shown in the first season. Oh, yeah. Like more than anybody else, yeah. he was he was singled out in terms of that. So uh, maybe he's got a little blackmail material <laughs> saying, I like my face on the
2: TV. Yeah. <laughs> I need uh, I need some uh, some Facetime. I need I need to get access to something else, something different. Maybe some coaching. Not my face so,
1: then my voice. <laughs>
2: they so they went into the the combine the draft. Which is
1: your face for your ears.
2: <laughs> are, you, are you done?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> <just> I'm really <laughs> sorry.
2: Um, I knew it as it was happening.
1: <laughs> I was going to let you go.
2: I couldn't I have to, stop it. I had to cut you at some some point. You're just going to keep going. Just happened. The uh, one of the things that I thought was really interesting about the draft episode that I want to talk about was that each of the basically the first four guys they drafted first three rounds, like they they made a point to say they really wanted each guy, like they didn't think Ed Oliver was going to fall to them. They really wanted Ed, and all of a sudden T.J. Hawkinson gets drafted right above him. They 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 did fist bumps. I mean, they're high fiving. They're you know giving each other bro hugs. I mean, it is a great moment.
1: I'm a little skeptical that that's how it goes. They probably say that to every guy that comes into those little interview rooms. And, and it's like they've got to make sure that everyone knows that they love them because you don't know where it's going to fall on the board. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're, they're kissing everybody down the line.
2: But they say this as as Hindsight. Detroit. But, but no, as Detroit's in the war room, in the draft war room, as Detroit's on the, on the board right in front of them. They say, "Oh, Ed's not going to be there. They're going to take him. They're not going to let Ed fall." Like, and he does, and that's what they're excited about. I guess that's the point. That's the that's, scene I'm talking that's about. That's
1: still a thing that you know. You're so far into into the the draft. It's like, of course, because he was the best guy on the board at that particular moment. True. So therefore, <laughs> true. Of course, he's the guy we want.
2: Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. Like
1: even in that moment, it doesn't necessarily speak to that it, they didn't say that to everybody.
2: No. No. You no. Know, very very true. I mean, it could have been like if. If the Lions drafted out Oliver and everyone's like, ah! Like they wouldn't show any of that footage. No. <laughs> no, now we have to take so-and-so, you know. And then, then cut
1: to that guy. <laughs> cut to that guy. Being like, <laughs> like the real-time webcam on hey. him watching him at going,
3: oh,
2: fuck, I didn't really want me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> uh, but like Cody Ford, the second round pick, they were thinking they kept trying to trade up to get Cody. They said, what's was it going to take? And then, you know, the Panthers were...
1: Well, it was super interesting. Like I said, like seeing those machinations was really cool.
2: They're like they're going to draft Cody because they need a they need an offensive tackle isn't that, and he falls and they're doing the same thing. They're high fiving each other. They finally are able to get a you know some sort of.
1: You're making it sound like way more of a party atmosphere in in there than it really looked like. There was to me. confetti.
2: I'm pretty sure someone was popping champagne in the I, background. What
1: what movie were you watching? They were all sitting there in suits at computers. Pagula
2: was chest bumping uh, Brandon Bean. It was. It was insane. The rock was there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um <clears throat> so yeah, that that was I thought that was really cool. And then the third episode where they they started off, right, with undrafted free agents because we don't really know how that process goes in general. At least I don't. I know that they immediately try to sign them. They're they're starting before the end of the draft, after their last pick, they're trying to sign these guys. As free agents, and one guy that they went hard after was wide receiver David Sills, and they made a point to say, I mean, they brought in Terry Pagula to talk. I mean, Sean McDermott. They had Joe Schoen, um the assistant GM. They had you know Brandon Bean talk to him. They had uh, Sean McDermott talk to him. They had Terry Pagula talk to him. Like they're all trying to talk to him, saying this is I maybe even Brian Dable I don't even remember but like this is why you should belong here we didn't draft a wide receiver so you have a better chance of starting than these other guys it was kind of cool to see what their selling points were going to be how they were going to convince this guy to come here what they liked and I I was digging that. Now they got a new workout room. (laughs) We got to
3: see this; it's cool.
1: Towels have embroidered little bills on them.
2: Yeah, which going back to that, the sports facility. I mean, Cole Beasley said how amazing it is, better than what was in Dallas. And we all know Jerry Jones's stadium is
1: when it was built. It was the best. It was the best. They keep saying it's the best in the NFL, which is it's like, oh wow, yeah, still that's crazy.
2: Yeah, and. So that was kind of cool. I, I really liked seeing the undrafted free agents. And then the third and fourth episode were were okay. I would say that my favorite scenes because they, they talked a lot about, you know, like you mentioned, Tremaine Edmonds and his leadership qualities. They talked about um, you know, they showed Jordan Poyer on his fishing trip, um, the rehab for Taron Johnson and Matt Milano. I really wish they would have talked to them more just for personality wise, as opposed to what are you dealing with. I want to know Matt Milano a little bit more, I feel like, and I like Taron Johnson as a corner. I think he's gonna, you know be important for the bills this year but that but the guy that they really focused on besides lorenzo alexander becoming a hockey dad was Tradavius white and i i love me some tradavious white anything i can get where he is just not only is he a spectacular football player cornerback he's just freaking funny man yeah <laughs> he's he's a lighthearted, hilarious dude we talked about josh allen being funny because he's corny he's like dead humor almost like Tradavius white's just a funny guy like when they showed the cops doing um singing My Girl, The Temptations, they showed Tredavious White doing the temptation it. slide. I, it was it was awesome. Like you can't not like that guy, especially after hearing him talk, singing with his kids and in the playground. Are the singing cops
1: from Buffalo, or <laughs> is it just that they were famous and on Ellen so they said let's get the singing cops to swing by they were camp. from Buffalo, yes. Okay. Yes, I they didn't were necessarily they... pick up. I don't know if I listened <laughs> badly. Poorly, Badly. incorrectly, but I was just like, what,
2: why, why? I know, <laughs> I know. Well, s- they were lovely singers. So they showed this video a few months ago. Like that's another thing is I've seen a lot of these clips before because they'll show them on Twitter, or buffalobills.com or Facebook. And I've seen that clip. So I knew the background before, but they didn't really describe it well in embedded because in, in the actual, Clipped, they showed you know a few months ago they described a little bit more either either in the caption like the guys from buffalo that were on ellen they were they oh, won okay. a competition or something and they're from buffalo and they're singing you know were they firefighters or police i don't remember.
1: thought they were police the firefighters came later the
2: firefighters with it with the rookies see i i don't really see that stuff doesn't grab me as much i don't really care as much about what the rookies are doing with yeah. throwing competitions and stuff like that it's like eh. yeah that whole yeah 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 i mean i'd rather get to know them and that's the only way to really get to know their personalities in general but um i i could i could take or leave that stuff it's it's whatever you know there some of them have a personality some of them don't i get it
1: i enjoyed seeing the turf being sewn together <laughs> probably more than i more should than
2: have. <laughs> more than that stuff
1: well yeah definitely more than that stuff but probably more than i should have because like
2: that's really cool it was it was really cool <laughs> It's like literally sewing it. You could have bought turf. It was like a square foot for like 50 bucks. Fine. <laughs> uh, so yeah, tr- seeing Tradavius White a lot more this season. I mean, they showed bits and pieces of him in season one. But I was really, I really liked that. I liked seeing him um, with his family. I liked seeing him talk about... The, the one thing that grabbed me was his talk about Sean McDermott and how Sean McDermott basically says... You know, if, if I don't, if you don't succeed, then I'm letting your families down. And it's kind of a more personal touch than I think that you would get from a lot of coaches. And it's something that kind of resonates with you because if, if somebody, if like your boss said that to you, Nick, and he's just like, you know, I want you to succeed because I want, I want you to, you know, I want more, I want, I want things for I want generations past you. I want this and that for you because. It's bigger than just you. Like you're not just you're you're helping out your parents or your family or whatever. Like this this means more to like that kind of resonates, you know, and a lot of these well, guys is
1: the underlying tone for this whole show. I mean, they've been peppering it in there, the family, the family, the family. Like like I say, that's kind of one of the nice things about the show is they did have that through line of what they were trying to convey from that regard, and, and you got to see it with each each of the different players, you know, be it Lorenzo, be it, <clears throat> be it him. And um and that's yeah, I agree. I mean, that's the thing that, that they really want to convey is that they're not just a team. They're a family. Yeah. And, and they're going to be pulling for each other every way they possibly need to.
2: Yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I, Which I'm is not... really
1: sweet until three losses into the season. Three losses into the season. You... <laughs> and this family sucks.
2: <laughs> I want out. Yeah. <laughs> I <don't> want
1: emancipation.
2: <laughs> I know. Well, what's funny is this is the time to drop Embedded is when season X. I mean, optimism is an all-time high. Right. Because they haven't been on the field. They haven't lost again. That's game. right. So this is perfect time to do it. You do it during the season, nobody's going to watch, right?
1: I don't know. I mean, I, we probably would.
2: I still would. <laughs> yeah, I <don't> <laughs> well, that's that's. But that's also the beauty of Embedded. Like, they could show you this after a losing season, which it was obviously last year was a losing season. And I can't get enough content of watching the players that I love and, and love to watch. Seeing their personality, you can't get that anywhere else. You really can't. You see bits and pieces of it through the media or maybe through their Instagram well, accounts. I
1: mean, you could ask them out to prom and get to know them a
2: little better, <laughs> like a gentleman. Like a gen- <laughs> I'll have to check my schedule. <laughs> and I don't know. It's I'm a sucker for that stuff.
1: Were As- you curious that there wasn't more time spent with LaShawn McCoy?
2: Ooh, great question. I thought so. That's that. There was very little. The only
1: thing they really did with him was how he spoiled Endgame.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and which is terrible. Which is which is which had to do with Josh Allen because it was really Josh Allen, really Josh Allen mic'd up, saying like you shouldn't oh, have yeah. done that. Like he, wasn't he was based on Mike. Yeah, he was basically saying he shouldn't have done that. And he's like, what? You know, you should have taken it down or something like that.
1: So does that tell us anything about you know the state of where? Well, I guess he talked earlier on was, or maybe that was season one. Now I'm getting the seasons confused because well, which one where he was talking about how the uh, the they're weeding out the guys that don't have the right attitude.
2: Oh no, I think that was season two. He did that. Okay, so
1: they did talk to him a little bit more, but that was like very short, and it was very good. short. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I liked everything they said about that, but it was like kind of a glaring missing piece. I think.
2: Well, I think right now, in general, LaShawn McCoy isn't as popular as he used to be. So, I think that they recognize that and probably didn't want to give him as much of a platform. You have to acknowledge him because some people still love him. I mean, for me personally, before this last season, I still loved him. He's probably the best running back in years, you know, even including Fred Jackson. I, I mean, there say. was
1: that little clip at the very end that said, Hey, LaShawn, you're cut. Uh, <laughs> I didn't think that was a very nice way to tell him. That no, was, I didn't uh, think that so that either.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Geez, breaking news.
3: <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs>
1: Um, which it's just funny because i was hearing about today on whatever radio station i was listening to and they're talking about you know whether they keep him whether they get rid of him and it's like why would you get rid of him he's still la'shawn mccoy (laughs) give him a good offensive line he'll make some running good running it's getting late i have some
2: reasons to i'm not i'm not as high on la'shawn mccoy so i can give you some reasons why he should be cut and most of them had to do with the fact that I don't think he's a team leader. He doesn't appear to be that way. Well, it's tough to say. It's tough. to th- His teammates do love him, though. I have heard. I've never heard interviews. anything
1: negative about him in the room.
2: No, but I guess you know. So his cap hit is is a lot of. It's a lot of money. It's nine million dollars. He's the third highest paid running back in the league this season, and he had the 40th highest. He was ranked 40th in rushing yards last year. So to me, it comes down to, and he's 30. He's going to be 31 which is not good, especially because he has a lot of mileage on him. He's had a lot of touches ever since his rookie year. It's just I don't know if it's worth the trouble to keep him, especially when next year the only running backs you have on contract as, as of this point is TJ Yeldon and Devin Singletary. Devin Singletary is going to be the guy. So you're either saying, well, I'm going to cut TJ Yeldon, a guy who could potentially be on the team next year, in, in, K- in keeping a guy like LaShawn McCoy who Devin Singletary might be just as good as, I mean, or you're just, just a step below.
1: But then you also have Frank Gore.
2: Exactly, a Frank Gore too. Who's, so he's like sixty-two, <laughs> roughly.
1: I honestly have no idea how old he is. I just know he's, he's been around forever. thirty-six, I believe. Okay, so I mean, he's even older than than those oh, Sean McCoy. So way older. What is our purpose of bringing on Frank
2: Gore? For leadership, I think that's why they did that. Hmm. I think it's possible that they needed—so the Bills, luckily with this front office, there's there's definitely a theme of insurance, right? So even though they drafted Cody Ford, they still had Ty Nisaki as their swing tackle, right tackle, left tackle. Someone doesn't—Cody Ford doesn't perform well at right tackle. He can—you know, like, they're, they're big on that sort of thing. Insurance in case something—because they've been burned so many times on it, right? So— if you don't have you know, a good run, like Matt Barkley. Matt Barkley is great insurance for Josh Allen at this point. Before last year, who did they have as his insurance for Nate Peterman? Josh Allen. <laughs> they didn't have a third-string quarterback going into the season. So they've learned their lessons. And mm-hmm. I think Frank Gore is the insurance policy for LaShawn McCoy. LaShawn McCoy doesn't show well in preseason. He's not the same guy. He doesn't have the same step. He's not as quick. He doesn't perform well with his upgrade and offensive line. And it's very clear that Le- Frank Gore is better or at the same level, I think they may cut him.
1: Well, it's just interesting. It's because, interesting. Because he didn't have the face time. maybe he just said, I don't want to. You're not yeah. following me home. I feel like he likes the spotlight, don't you? I don't know. I mean, he I've did. Got, you know, since Torello, it's, <laughs> it's hard to gauge these things. I know, I know. <laughs> of which I did watch his reality show. Yeah. Better than Hard Knocks? It had nothing to do with football.
3: <laughs> it was like so, him buying
1: diamond earrings and things. Yeah, At least what? that's what I'm remembering. I, this was years ago that uh, I made some bad choices <laughs> in my youth.
2: <laughs> that time is gone. It's it's one of those things where I could see them, the Pagula Sports group, saying, who do we want to feature and who might we want to stay away from? And the, so, like, the first season, they didn't really talk a lot with the quarterbacks because they didn't know who was going to be the starter. So you can't focus on Nate Peterman. You can't focus on Josh Allen. we well, we'll show a little bit of all of them. Well, you That's can because
1: Josh Allen was the big, you know, draft pick. True. So right there, it doesn't matter if he starts.
2: True. They should have. They should have spent more time on him, really, than they probably did. Um, but with Sean McCoy, maybe they look at it and saying like, a lot of – People aren't as big a fan of them as they used to be, so I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. She said it was very interesting.
1: They said she said during the interview uh, that they had to kind of pick their things, so maybe it was just a thing that they couldn't get to that that maybe had been picked, but it was like we didn't have time to actually film it, or they just didn't happen to catch anything that was good. Worthy, yeah. So yeah. I mean, it's we'll never know.
2: Yeah. So you saw Endgame? Did you see? Did you see his spoil or him spoil, his spoiling it or what? Or did you see the movie first or what? Yeah. Did he spoil it for you? Or? I saw it
1: opening day the way you're supposed to.
2: <laughs> so so it's basically I, everyone else's fault for not seeing it. I saw it at noon on opening day the way it was meant to be seen. Uh, Nick. <laughs> I don't know whether to be happy for you or feel sad for you. Like,
1: i've seen the movie it's fantastic
2: <laughs> hey dude spoil it here man
1: <laughs> you haven't seen it
2: so you yeah, don't yeah, even know. I know i'm so jealous i really want to see it so
1: and you're, and you're not going to be in a theater full of like screaming people when
2: dude i didn't watch uh captain Infinity america Wars does until, the thing <laughs> <laughs> oh what to the guy to the, oh dude what are you doing i didn't know that captain america was in this one <laughs> You just ruined it right there. Oh
1: God! It was in previews. It's not a spoiler. uh,
2: Still, anyway, I didn't see the previews. (laughs) No,
1: I I did not get spoiled. I was I didn't even go on the internet for like the week prior.
2: Well, one of my buddies, who's a big fan, the one one of the guest hosts, uh, Nick from the Torrent Podcast, like just happened to be scrolling through Twitter. He was seeing it that day of. So he he was was spoiled. So he was spoiled, and he was like, "Oh man, really." Like, he could have guessed that it might have happened, but it yeah. wasn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was a common theory.
2: Theory, exactly.
1: And it, but you just didn't know. Yeah, I mean, I that would have been a bummer if I'd seen that going into it. So it's, it's ironic. His name is Nick.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Nick's like Marvel. <laughs> Tested. <laughs> Proven.
2: <laughs> I won't say which version of Nick is better, but uh yeah, yeah, so... Anyways, um, I vote
1: for the guy who saw it before getting foiled.
2: <laughs> That's true. That was true. That was a vet move right there. You, you know what you're doing. I do. You don't even have your own movie podcast like him. Hey, maybe you should be taking over the Torrent podcast. So,
1: Not a terrible idea. <laughs> I have
2: opinions. Nick's like, Nick Nick from Torrent, but I'm never coming on again. Screw those guys. Um, he doesn't listen to your podcast no one does it's cool it's, <laughs> there's nobody listening at this point anyway I think we can agree on that so I guess I guess overall you know I, like we mentioned I, I was I was happy about it I liked it and uh, I, I I don't know I'm a sucker for these things I can't wait for that. Oh, one thing one of my favorite parts which I have to bring up because somebody on Twitter one of the, our very astute Twitter followers um uh, tweeted at us was that there was one part where ed oliver was in it was in otas ed oliver was in practice and he jumped off sides and immediately they blow the whistle the defense is you know has to march back fight and mcdermott is very vocal in practice that's very clear especially in the defense and he went to go talk to ed oliver and let him know like hey you know you got to do this this basically coaching him up a little bit from what to be aware of he wasn't cursing him out or you know dumping on him he was just letting him know like you gotta and ed oliver was upset that he did that so he turned around it wasn't a slight to oh well screw you mcdermott i'm not gonna listen to you he just was like man like turned around as soon as he turned around Shaq lawson basically took him and spun him around put his hand on his shoulder pad and spun him around so he's facing sean mcdermott while mcdermott is coaching him so like hey pay attention rook the coach is talking to you which I thought was really kind of a cool thing. It was under the radar thing. I guess I missed
1: it. I mean, I saw it. And I missed I'm, it I'm, until. I'm clocking it now that you've, you've told me I'm, I'm remembering. So that is cool. I like yeah. that. I liked it a lot anyway. I like that whole scene the mm-hmm. way it was because, you know, penalties are terrible. Yeah. And it's like I've never seen anything being like other than just be better. Like yeah. that's usually what you get from these sorts of things is you got to be better
2: exactly well well, how he didn't even know the rule apparently <laughs> yeah and he learned it and he was so i you know credit to the twitter follower that brought it up i did not notice it the first time and i was very it was cool it was again it was one of those things that wasn't even emphasized but just the process man i don't know if a rex ryan led team would have done the same thing probably not i think it's a different vibe different vibe by the way i forgot to bring that a lot that up. of yelling <laughs> A lot of, uh, did you ever see that one, Hard Knocks, with the Jets? It was so long ago that I don't.
1: I may have. I don't know if I had HBO at that point. Yeah. So I don't. I don't recall.
2: Uh, I mean, I could see that being interesting, but um, interesting and winning are comp- two completely different things. Compelling.
1: Oh, but yeah, you know, as from a TV perspective and a uh, viewership perspective, the entertainment mm-hmm. value of it is mm-hmm. is different. So uh, yeah,
2: I don't know. I wanted to ask Michelle. And I, and I wish I had maybe I'm sure I'll have her back on at some point. Is if the Bills end up doing a hard knocks or all or nothing? I mean, will Pagula Sports Entertainment run that production, or will it still be NFL Films and they'll have say, or they just take a year off? Like I'm just curious how that works. Are they just focus on the Sabers? I, I I'm not sure how that works if if or will they never decide to do it because they have their own production company? Well,
1: there's rules. There's rules about who is eligible to do hard knocks. Oh, okay. Like, I I believe, and this is just off the top of my head, I heard it once, probably four, four or five years ago, when they are talking about who's going to be on it the next season. And uh, I believe if you make the playoffs, you don't have to be on it. Okay. And so I would imagine if they were given a choice of doing hard knocks, they would probably say no, because mm-hmm. they have their own thing that they can do. And I don't know if they make any money off of this or if it's just pure marketing. Yeah. But... I would assume that they would bow out given the choice. Whereas I don't know. I don't think Cleveland had a choice. Oh, really? (laughs) But one of the things is, is you, there's certain different things of, of uh, how you perform, how the team performs that puts you in that bubble of, Mm -hmm. okay, we can select from these 10 teams are, are, are able to be the team for the year. And, at some point, the NFL will just be like, "We will tell you that okay. you're the team." I was going to say, "If we need to."
2: I was going to say, "What is the advantage of being the team?" I mean, is there any?
1: I don't know. I mean, I like I said, I get more invested in the teams that are, happen to be focused on that year. Oh yeah, and it's, it's helped my fantasy game a little bit. Uh, you know, but uh, I don't think overall. I think I think probably the teams don't like the the warts of of their processes and the things that go on no. being exposed. And, and I, they might back off of some of that stuff, too, just because of the case that they don't want to make the teams look too bad if something like terrible happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think teams, generally speaking, like to do it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so that's where I, I feel like the, the bills would decline, especially because they're doing
2: their own thing. Yeah. Now, that would be interesting is if they had to be on hard knocks. And then all of the things that we see in a positive light, you do see some warts. You do, do see some words it. from McDermott I'd or love the front it. office or players or coaching. It would be interesting to see because you want to know not only the strengths of your team, but where are the weaknesses?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's I don't know if you can really tell some of these things per se, but you do get the raw vibe of some of these people and how they act because they literally have like cameras like in their offices, in the meeting rooms running all the time for everybody. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they piece together hundreds of hours and, and make little storylines that they that they tell week to week. And I think they, they, they do it pretty much on the fly. It's like training camp's happening, and it'll be like one week or two weeks removed from what I think is usually one week. Uh, removed from what happened in the camp, yeah. uh, right up through the uh, the preseason games, mm-hmm. and it's it's really really interesting, you know, be it good or bad. I mean, I don't I don't think I think after this many seasons, I don't think anyone can point to anything super detrimental. True, you know, other than the Patriots probably you know putting cameras into everybody else's. That's
2: <laughs> that's not nice. That's old. They have a clean slate. Yeah, no, yeah. Let's not get into that. <laughs> Rubbed Dude, it clean. Let's not get into that. I'm just gonna. You're just gonna make me mad. Uh, I, <laughs> I I would be curious to see how other coaches look compared to McDermott because I have a feeling that at least from the footage we've seen, that McDermott has good control over the room. Whereas I feel like from past things I've even heard or read about with like Joe Philbin from the Dolphins, like him listening to him like cut someone, like it sounds awful. It does not sound like a guy that's done it before or is good at it or whatever. Not that it's easy to do, but just. I don't know. It was it well, was McDermott's like cringy. You know, definitely
1: has a calmness about him. He doesn't seem to like fly off the handle. He's controlled. Mm-hmm. Seems respectful. You know, he seems like a guy who's who's, who's pretty even keeled for the most part. And, and yeah, and on some of these shows, you can you see some of the some of the things that some guys get are, are just naturally bigger people. Um, so yeah, you see some of that stuff.
2: Yeah, I'd be curious. One thing I like about McDermott is that he always seems to be like self improving like like there was an article the athletic did and I talked to Matthew Fairburn about it just uh, he's always looking to improve himself and bring culture and find out what makes what makes people tick what makes winning franchises or sports teams win and like what their methodology is. I just hope he applies it to himself as far as in-game management and he hopes to get better there somehow um well we hope we hope I, I I think that's one of those things that I'd I'd be surprised if he's not looking at himself because he seems to be a very introspective person. Yeah, he seems
1: like he would be the guy who's looking at himself, at least to some extent. But Mm -hmm. he's not going to tell you. No, 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 no. No.
2: Or would you want to admit, like, I've been pretty crappy over the last few years. I've only won one out of, like, 15 challenges. (laughs) You know, that's not ideal. Not ideal. (laughs) I use timeouts all the time. Um, Cool. So so were there any of your favorite? I think you've pretty much gone over anything. Is there anything that you want to... Talk about that we haven't hit on?
1: No, I mean, like I said, I I think it's great. Keep doing them. Keep doing different things. Like, like this was different. Keep doing, showing us different stuff. Yeah, like I'm all for it.
2: Yeah, as opposed to just showing another training camp in preseason. Let's
1: find a guy who works at the stadium and follow him around for like three weeks. Oh, totally,
2: dude. Show me a janitor. I would love to. (laughs) Works
1: at the hot dog stand. Like, let's let's watch it. Yeah, yeah. watch a half hour show about what that guy does. Oh,
2: absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe not half hour. (laughs)
1: But like the guy sewing the turf, like let's follow that guy around. I know, like, I know. Like that sort of stuff is like I've never seen it before. I'd love to see it. So I mean, yeah, just keep doing things that are interesting and if they do like a more traditional quote unquote hard knocks type of training camp stuff, great. If they do stuff during the year that's uh, you know, involved with the games, great. I mean I'm I'm in for all of it.
2: Yeah. All or nothing. I mean, I'm
1: I'm on, <laughs> I mean, all or nothing. All or nothing, yeah. Uh, we can plug everything. I'm not getting paid. Well cool. Yeah, definitely not.
2: <laughs> cool, man. I I appreciate your insight on the especially with the hard knocks and the all or nothing having having seen it because I have not seen that. So, uh, my HBO knowledge has is basically started and ended with Game of Thrones and and just watching that. No so, spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Don't worry. We did a whole episode about that. The, the throne wins in the end. <laughs> eh, debatable. <laughs> I uh, so so cool man. Thanks thanks for coming on, Nick, and of course and, and talking. Anytime. Um, we've been planning to do this for a while. So ever since we found out we were able to get access to the preview of it and we watched it over the span of a you know a few hours. It feels it like really then good we, we got it early. <laughs> <laughs> to put this out two weeks <laughs> later. Two weeks later. I know well we want to give people a chance to watch it. And and plus <laughs> I thought last week would turn into a better, you know, better recording than it was. <laughs> uh so uh, thanks for coming on, Nick. Thanks, uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Um, if you have any comments on your favorite parts of Embedded Season Two, please email us or in the comment section of Buffalo Rumblings on Facebook or Twitter. Um, please follow us everywhere. I'll do a quick plug for our Tea Public site. That I think I mentioned the bartender at uh, the bar that we did our interview with loved the uh, Josh Allen jumping over the haters t-shirt that we have at Public. so if you want to check out those designs our circle the wagons designs all that fun stuff it's at tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod and that ctw pod is just like our twitter handle circling the wagons pod so it's tpublic.com slash stores slash ctw pod and follow us on twitter because i'm gonna i'm working with the people from T Public to get a promo code so everything is like 30 30 off for all of our listeners so uh Keep following, keep paying attention, and uh, hopefully we can do that soon. So, Nick, thanks for again for coming on. And uh, thank you. Will you go to prom with me? (laughs) I'll have to check my schedule, (laughs) dude. I'm married. Okay, first off, I'm married. That doesn't. (laughs) It's just awkward. (laughs) You know, it's (laughs) shoot your shot.
1: (laughs) I've tried twice now. (laughs)
2: And quite honestly, I'm feeling a little – getting a little cold feeling from you on this. Dude, you wouldn't even tell me about your prom. All I wanted to know is just generally good or bad. You're just like, that's kind of personal. (laughs) Dude, funny story about my prom. I'll end it on this is I was one of those kids that – like there were a lot of kids. Why does
1: every single one of your
2: stories start out with, I was one of those (laughs) – because <laughs> I was probably one of the few people that was like this. But with, and, and I don't know how strict your parents were. My parents were pretty strict. Like, they were like, you have to be home at this time. And all my friends were like, yeah, we don't have a we don't care for you tonight. And it was just like, yeah, my parents don't care what time I come home. And I was just like, are you kidding me? Because my parents were like, midnight, you have to be back home. And he was like, yeah, I'm sleeping over at so and so's house. Like, yeah, whatever. And I got home that night and I was late. And I actually asked, like, uh, this is junior prom. Um, so we went as a cu- with another couple. And so they drove drove me home at like a little bit after midnight, it was, like 12 15, 12 30. My dad was super strict too. And everyone was asleep at 12 15, 12 30. And doesn't my dog, the, the screens were open, it was like, you know, end of May or whatever. And doesn't she bark at me? at night (laughs) through the screen because we pulled up. I'm like, Daisy, shut up. (laughs) And sure enough, like wakes up my entire house, my family. And my dad goes to get the dog to see what the ruckus is. He just kind of gives me a look like, you're late. We'll talk about this this
3: (laughs) in the morning.
1: Military school.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It was just like. You're going to boarding school. I'm sorry. The dog, the dog, you know, threw me under the bus here. So. You know, a man's best friend indeed.
1: They didn't have one of those things of like sometimes like our neighborhood college would do the overnight. Like you could watch movies and play games and play pool or whatever it is that they had at the rec area of the college. So so you're not getting into trouble. Oh, you mean like a lock in or something? It's not a lock in, but it's like you can be there all night and not have to worry about like any of these. It was like the good kids. You could go do that. Yeah. <laughs> and tell your parents, this is where I'll be. And they're like, mm, all right. Yeah. You didn't have one of those to where they were at least be like, I'm just going to watch movies.
2: If I was sleeping over at a buddy's place, I'd be like, yeah, sure. But like, oh, you're going to be with your prom date, and uh, so
1: you were. You weren't very bright then.
2: No. Oh, I, <laughs> you were one of those guys. Were, were, or am, or will be in the future. <laughs> I see what's happening now. No, I was very, I grew up very afraid of my father. He was a Marine, you know. So military school was on the table. It was possible. It's on the table. Still is. I felt like I was. I still feel like I am in military (laughs) school. I'm still afraid. My father is in his 70s. I'm still afraid of him. (laughs) Which
1: is Uh, fair. I think that's valid. That's
2: valid.
1: Like, I'm not going to push my father out of a direction either particular way. Yeah,
2: yeah, he scares he scares friends of mine, so it was it was valid. So, but anyway, on that note, thanks everyone for listening. So for me Nate Go Bills, we'll talk to you guys again soon and uh leave us a review. Thanks for listening. See ya. Go Bills.
0: Generate Canva presentations in seconds. So fast. Brainstorm got too big? Ooh. Summarize with AI in a click. Writer's click, 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 click. block? Release with Canva Magic Write. Magical. Stress less and save time at canva.com. Designed for work.